Can't sleep? Don't want to sleep? Afraid to sleep? Are the windows closed? Are your doors locked? Did you check your closet? And under your bed? Maybe you should keep a light on in the hallway, just in case. Now settle in. Make yourself comfortable. Lay back. Close your eyes. And let me tell you a story. A good Samaritan is something we should all strive to be. Helping others can be a satisfying reward in itself but it's not always the easiest thing to do. Dr. Ett is a veterinarian, just trying to get a well-deserved cheeseburger in the middle of a busy day, when he crosses paths with a little lost dog, whose situation turns out to be a little bit of a mystery. Chipped by James Hosek. I had just gotten into my car when I heard the strange sound. I couldn't tell where the sound was coming from. I was just getting ready for my lunch break. Doing house calls around the north side of Chicago can make a guy hungry, especially after wrestling with a 180-pound St. Bernard who doesn't like his feet touched. A considerable amount of his fur still clung to my sport coat. There it was again. I couldn't think where it was coming from. The car wasn't moving. I was still parked across the street from Calvin Nichols' house. Calvin was my St. Bernard patient with the pedicure panic attacks. It almost seemed to come from under the car. I was just about to step out when there was a tapping at the passenger window. A man was peering in and cranking his hand to signal me to open the window. Did any car still have cranks to open the windows? I pushed the button on my armrest and let the window open. Is this your dog? He asked. Excuse me? I asked. Is this dog yours? He requeried. What dog? I asked. The one scratching to get in your door, he explained as he stood back and looked at the ground next to my car. I tried to peer over the door to see, but had the wrong angle. I don't think so, I answered. In fact, I don't own a dog, just a cat. Well, I'm owned by a cat. That's a different story. Just a second, I said as I opened my door and came around the front of the car to see what he was referring to, as the scratches sounded once more. As I reached the curb, I could see the little white dog looking longingly at my car door. Hello, I said. Who are you? He seems really interested in your car, said the dog spotter. Well, I do have some dog treats in there. I patted my jacket pocket and found there were still a couple of treats left from my visit with Calvin. Maybe he smelled them, I said. You don't know whose dog this is? I asked. Would I be asking you if it was yours if I did? He answered. Don't you recognize it? I don't live around here, I said. Well, neither do I. He gave me a hump and walked away. The little dog turned to watch him go, then returned to scratching at my car door. Hey, buddy, you want one of these? I asked. 
as I knelt next to him and pulled out a dog treat. He stopped long enough to look at it, then returned to his scratching. Okay, that's a no. You got tags? I asked. I saw a collar, but his long white hair prevented me from seeing any ID tags. I held out my hand. He sniffed it, licked it, then went back to scratching. I picked him up and felt along the collar. No tags. Rats. Okay, guy, let's hope you have a microchip, I told him. I walked to the back of my car, pressed the button to open the hatch on my Ford Escape. In my black medical bag was my handy-dandy microchip scanner. If he had one, I'd know in a few seconds. Microchips are actually little capsules injected under the skin with radiofrequency ID chips and a small antenna inside. They are great for identifying lost animals if they have one. You just press the button on the scanner, pass it over their shoulder, and voila, you have a number. There were perhaps a dozen microchip companies out there. But once you had the number, it wasn't hard to figure out where to look for the owner information. With one hand, I opened my bag, then pulled out the scanner, a green rectangular plastic box with a switch and a button on it, with a little LCD display to show the scanned number. I turned it on. Rats. The battery was dead. Okay, no problem. I had a spare somewhere in my bag. I searched through the upper compartment and found the package that held the battery, but no battery. I remember changing it a while ago and thinking, I really should put a fresh spare in there, even leaving the empty package as a reminder. Okay, I just needed a 9-volt battery. I tried to remember if any of the other devices I used had a 9-volt battery. I had all sorts of electronic gear. An ear thermometer? No. My otoscope? No. My blood pressure machine? No. My portable ECG machine? No. All did not take 9-volt batteries. There was a Walgreens pharmacy a few blocks away. I could go there and buy a new one. Two new ones. Don't want to forget the spare. I closed my bag, still holding the squirming white dog under my left arm his hair adding to the light coating of St. Bernard hair still stuck to my sport coat. I pressed the button to close the hat. Then I saw it. My scale. I had a bathroom scale I used to weigh larger dogs. I grabbed at the hat, stopped it, then pressed the button again. It opened, and I pulled the scale out and tipped it over. I opened the battery compartment and was greeted with a beautiful rectangular rail vac in the compartment. One-handed, I pulled it out and replaced the cover, then shifted my new friend so I could use my left hand, too, and slid the lid off the scanner battery hatch and pulled the dead battery out, disconnecting it from the snap-on connector. I attached the new battery, then closed the door and turned the scanner back on. It beeped. Hallelujah. Okay, little guy, you better have a chip after all that, I told him. I pressed the scan button and passed it over his shoulder. Yay, a chip! I looked at the number. Fourteen numbers and letters filled the screen. Now I just had to track down who registered the number. I pulled out my phone. You know how they say there is an app for that? Well, there probably is one for tracking down microchip information. But I had something even better. I had a girl for that. All right, don't tell Sheila I called her a girl but she was much better at the tech stuff. Sheila is my remote receptionist, 
and despite never having actually met her, a great friend as well. She was number one on my speed dial list. I sat on the edge of my hatch and pulled my phone out. My furry friend perfectly content to not having his feet touching the ground. I pressed and held the one button on the screen until my phone announced it was calling Sheila. Hello, Addie, she said. Sheila, my love, I said. What do you want? She asked. When do you think I want anything? Whenever you say, Sheila, my love, I end up getting you out of trouble. Not always, I said. I might just be calling to see how your day is going. So you don't want anything? Well, actually, I started. I knew it, she said. It's important. You could save a poor animal's life, I said. And how will I do that? Look up a microchip for me? You can do that on your phone, you know, she said. That's funny, I thought I was, I said. Ha ha, she answered. Okay, shoot. I read the numbers to her. Okay, that's a pet micro ID number, she said. That's good to know, I answered. Be nice, she warned. I'm helping you out. You're supposed to be on lunch now, aren't you? Yes. The sooner I track down the number, the sooner you go to Danny's or whatever greasy spoon diner you have in mind. True. Then, be nice, she repeated. Being nice, I said, then remained silent. I could hear her tapping away at a keyboard on the other end of the phone. Here we go, she said. Please tell me he lives on Wilson, I said. Why? Because I just finished a house call on Wilson. Oh yeah, Kelvin. How did the nail trim go? Just made me hungry. That's too bad. Why? Your little friend, Ernie is his name by the way, lives in Harwood Heights. What? How did he get here? That's like ten miles away. Must have gotten loose, suggested Sheila. Got a phone number and address? I asked. Texting them to you now, she said. Sorry about lunch, she added. She really wasn't. Sheila was always getting on me to eat healthier. What's healthier than a cheeseburger and fries? A little lettuce and tomato and you've got all the major food groups in one bite. Bye, she said as my phone buzzed to signal her incoming text. So, I said to the little white dog, you're Ernie. His tail wagged really hard at hearing his name. Let's get you home, little guy. It would take all of my lunch break, but if it was my dog, I'd want to get him back as soon as possible. I looked at the name, address, and phone number. The number was in blue and had a little line under it. I pressed it and my phone dialed the number and it rang twice before being answered. Hello? Is this Maria Trumbull? I asked. Who's asking? Hi, my name is Dr. Att. I'm a veterinarian. So? Well, I think I have something that belongs to you, I told her. You found my glasses? She asked. What? Lost my glasses the other day. I thought I left them at Denny's, but the waitress said I didn't. I think she just threw them away. Don't trust them people at Denny's. Good omelets, though. Where were they? No, I, I don't have your glasses. Why are you calling me? I have Ernie, I said. Ernie? Little white Maltese, likes to be held, hates dog treats. How dare you? She said, the tone of her voice taking on an unprovoked anger that had me looking at the phone like it had just given me a shock. Excuse me? 
When I took him to the shelter, they said all I had to do was pay their fee, and I wouldn't have to see that little terror ever again. I wanted to put him down, but my husband said that somebody would want him. I'm not taking him back. A miserable little dog peed all over my Aunt Hattie's Persian rug. You know how much that cost me to clean? I'm sorry, but the microchip ID is still registered to you, I said. Well, he's not mine anymore, she said and hung up. Whoa, I looked at Ernie. Aunt Hattie's rug, I asked. He just whimpered and wagged his tail a little harder. I pressed redial on the phone. Hello? I am really sorry to bother you, but if you could just tell me the shelter you took Ernie to, please? You again? If you can get me that name, I promise I'll have them change the chip registration so this never happens again. I don't remember. Would your husband? Earl! shouted Maria, not bothering to cover the mouthpiece of the phone so that both Ernie and I cringed at the sound of her shriek. I was sure Earl was doing his share of cringing as well. What? A fainter voice shouted. Where did you drop that little terror off at? Noah's shelter over on Harlem. I heard him yell. Did you get that? Asked Maria. Got it, I said, and the line went dead. Back to good old speed dial. Hi, Eddie. On your way to Harwood Heights? Sheila, my love. Now what? She sighed. The info on the chip is outdated. She gave up the dog to Noah's, I told her. Oh, Noah's on Harlem. You need the number? Please. My phone buzzed. Another text from Sheila. You are a goddess, I told her. Freaking Athena. She agreed, then hung up. I pulled up her most recent text and clicked the link to call the Noah's Ark Pet Shelter. Noah's Ark Pet Shelter? Greeted the friendly female voice on the other end of the line. Hi, this is Dr. At. I think I found a pet whose original owner released to your shelter, and I'd like to track down the new owner so he can get home to them. Well, that's wonderful, said the woman. You are such a good Samaritan, she added. Well, I try, I answered modestly. How can I help? I assume you keep a record of the microchip ID numbers of the pets you adopt out. Of course. Aren't they just wonderful? In fact, if a pet comes in without a chip, we just go and put one in, she told me. That's a great policy. Here's the number, I said, and read off Ernie's code. I heard her typing away, then she came back. Here it is. Can you give me the information so I can get him back? Him? Yes, it's a male dog, I replied, lifting him up to peek between his legs just to make sure. Hmm. She said with deep consternation. What's the problem? That chip is registered to a female dog. Well, unless she underwent a sex change, this dog is 100% male. Hmm. That must be a typo on your end. Maria Trumbull brought him in. His name is Ernie. Hmm. Did I get that information right? Well, yes. Could you possibly be mistaken? She asked. No, I'm a veterinarian. I'm confident he is 100% male. And why would they name a female dog Ernie? Well, I guess I could check with my supervisor. That would be great. Unfortunately, she's at lunch. She'll be back at two. Lunch? That was where I was supposed to be. 
Okay, if I had to compromise my professional skills and whatever sliver of dignity my grumbling stomach was allowing me, and it would get this dog home, what did I have to lose? Oh, I said, hoping to convey a bit of surprise in my voice. Look at that! My performance was falling well short of Academy Award status, but I committed to the role. She is a girl. I guess I made a mistake. It happens to everyone said the woman with a touch of consolation. A Mr. Theodore Fogarty adopted her. She emphasized the her. Do you have something to write down this information? I fumbled for my notepad and pen I kept in my other jacket pocket, shifting Ernie to my other arm to do so, then back again to get into writing position. Shoot, she gave me the information. Glad I could help. Ernie's owner will be very relieved. I hung up. I looked at Ernie. I hope you appreciate everything I am going through to get you home. Don't tell Sheila what I had to do to get that information. I'll never live it down. I dialed the cell phone number the woman from Noah's had given me and listened to the ringing. Hello, this is Theodore Fogarty, said the voice. It was so formal and stiff I thought I had reached a voicemail greeting. Hello, this is Dr. Att, I said. Very nice to speak with you, Dr. Att. How may I be of service? I actually think I can be of service to you. Are you the owner of a little white Maltese dog named Ernie? Ernie? The little dog that I adopted from that pet shelter? Yes, I found him on the street and tracked him to you through his microchip number. Oh, how wonderful. You know, they told me it was a female dog. Imagine my surprise when she lifted her leg to urinate as we walked out of the shelter. Quite a surprise, I'm sure. Indeed. But I don't own Ernie anymore. I'm sorry? I asked. He was just too much for me. Always wanting to go out to walk and play. I wanted more of a companion, not an activity. I see. Well, can you tell me who owns him now? Certainly, Dr. Att. I gave the little fellow to my daughter, Ruth. Her son fell in love with Ernie and has the energy to handle him. Do you know if they still have the dog? I asked. Of course they do. I was just over there the other day. The little fellow was doing great. Could you give me her address? I'm sure they must be very worried about him. Of course. They live over on Wilson, just east of Lincoln, he said. I was on Wilson, just east of Lincoln. He gave their address. I was on their block. Good grief. Thanks, Mr. Fogarty. I have a pretty good idea where that is. Wonderful. Ruth will be so grateful. He hung up. I looked at the house numbers, then headed west. I was only a few houses away. Then I saw something that explained a lot. Parked five cars down from my green Ford Escape was another green Ford Escape parked directly in front of Ernie's house. His whole body began to wag as we got close. The poor little guy had confused my car for his owner's. An easy mistake to make, I suppose. I saw the gate to the side yard was open. Kids. I walked up to the front door and rang the bell. I heard footsteps and a deadbolt unlocking, and the heavy wooden door opened. A young woman looked at me, then at Ernie. Her smile grew and her eyes widened. Excuse me, I said, knowing my next words were not needed but seemed appropriate. Is this your dog? <coughs> 
Thank you for listening to Chipped by James Hosek on the Bedtime Stories for Insomniacs Fiction Podcast. If you enjoyed listening to this story as much as I enjoyed reading it to you, Dr. Att appears in five full-length novels, the first of which, Three Blind Mice, will be re-released in early 2024. You can sign up to be on the mailing list for the Dr. Att Mysteries at jimbooks.myshopify.com where you can buy his debut novel, A Really Good Day. You will also be able to find his books at Amazon, Audible, and all the other usual places soon. Until next time, and as always, thanks again, and all the very best.